Ernest Borgnine is in it. What more do you need from a movie than that? Mid-80s shot on VHS, and it is dog shit ugly. Make some popcorn, let's sit down and watch Platoon. Blah, 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 blah. That is against the laws of physics. Why am I breaking down physics in a Tarzan movie? I miss Dick Cheney. But you would assume they'd get a script first and realize it's dog shit when the scarecrow pops out of the helicopter. Oh, see, and I just, uh, okay, I think we're now that you mentioned, uh, boys and punishments. We're, uh, we're in the show now, but I'm yeah. just gonna put the tail end of that in. I'm Eric. I'm Eugene. And we were just talking about punishing children, and the ultimate thing that you can take away from them is, well, I was thinking TV, you're saying Nintendo Switch. And, uh, the kids have been playing Sonic the Hedgehog on my phone with just touch controls, mm-hmm. and they finally have gotten good enough at that that I hooked up the Sega. I dug out the Sega this week dug out all my games. That was the first game system that I bought my own myself. I had uh, other stuff that my parents bought, but that was the first one that I saved up my money and bought. And I brought it up from the basement, and my wife, I, got, I held up the box because I keep the original boxes to store them in, and I held it up for my wife, and she looked at me with the most pissed off look in her face, and I was like, I'm just, I figured it's time, and we'll put it upstairs in the spare room, and, and yeah. And she goes, wait, you have a Sega Genesis. And I'm like, yeah? She's like, I'm so mad right now, contemplating divorce. I was like, what? What? She's like, well, how did you not tell me that you have that? I'm like, well, I got like everything. Why would you think I don't have that? She's like, we could have been playing this before we had kids even. Like, she wants to play it now as much as the kids do. (laughs) She was real salty about that. (laughs) But I'm like, duh, you know I have all this shit. Do you have an Xbox, a regular Xbox? I have two of them, neither of them are working properly, and uh, Adam has my one that works. Oh, he, I yeah. keep nagging him to bring it back, but um, I have a, I have two 360s, one that doesn't work, and one that works, but the tray doesn't work. So, just my hard drive games work on it. Oh. Which gotcha. Is nice. Yeah, yeah we've got, uh, I've got an original Xbox, and for some dumb reason, way back in the day, I had it modded. Um I remember so, that. So it can play pirated games, yay! And now I, I'm like, why did I do that? I, I don't like it. I don't like that there's a, a menu that's not normal for the Xbox, and I'm like, I don't want to... This is stupid. It's worthless. I can't sell it. I can't sell... I'm not going to sell a machine that's modded. So I just eh, I keep it and we're, you know have my regrets, but whatever. <laughs> uh, Didn't you do that with your Dreamcast, too, or was that that you just had no, some discs? No. You yeah, just, just had the disc. Yeah, just uh, just the the Xbox. That was it. But uh, I've got my PS4, and which is all packed up for the move. And the Nintendo Switch is, which is pretty awesome. That's that is Nintendo like firing on all cylinders. That is a great system. Yeah, I've got a PS3. That's my main console uh, that for playing games right now. And I've got like five games that I haven't even played since I bought them. I just you know it's winter time. I'll have time. I've got a launch PS3, uh, but it doesn't, it's got the little red light that pops on. So I don't know if it's just a hard drive issue or what it is, but I'm like, I can't throw it. Like every part of me says, just toss it. You're moving. But I'm like, I can't, Hmm. I can't throw a video game system in the trash. (laughs) So I'm going to keep it. And I don't know who knows what's wrong with it, but you know, I'm laughing as you, as I have an Xbox and an Xbox 360 in my basement that do not work. Well, the one, 
actually kind of both of them have the same problem. They turn on, well, the 360 will turn on, and then it will be on for like 30 seconds, and then it will just freeze. And it's like, nope. And the original Xbox, uh, you can even maybe play a couple of levels, and then it will just red ring. Oh. It's like, great. It says it's too hot or something. I don't know what's wrong with it, but... I need to get mine back from Adam with the tray door that's sticky and barely works. <laughs> well, and at least no, that thing works. It seems like this new Xbox One is a lot more stable than the pre. Like it, the 360 just seemed seem to have so many issues. Uh, but oh, I went. My had mine. Mine was sent in five times. Oh man, yeah, I lost one. One got bricked, and then they sent me another one, and then I finally sold it. Yeah. I kept the exclusive games, and I've had a bunch of games on the hard drive. That's why I wanted to, you know, keep it. I'd still, I would like to use the thing. I still have games I'd like to play on it, but yeah. I don't have one that works fully. So whatever. Uh, but see, I have that X Men arcade game on the hard drive, so I have that hooked up in the living room. The boys play that. That game oh. rules. Yeah. Anyway, I've been so tempted to uh, buy on PS4. Been tempted to buy the Friday the Thirteenth video game, uh, but I know that most of that game is online, com, you know, community game, game based. And I'm like, no, it is, it, it is Eugene, but it's a, it's a, in the same way, in a similar fashion to that, uh, PUBG. Where oh. I think you would, I really think you would love it. Go, go watch a, some streams of it. That's all you have to do. Cause like each game only lasts so long. There's five people. One person's randomly selected to be Jason. The other five either run around and try and escape or, uh, you can't really kill them. So it, it's, I mean, there is a way to kill him, but it's like so complicated that nobody even bothers to try. You so run it, away from him. You got to, you got to call the cops. You got to run away from him. You got to work to, with other people, or you know, you don't have to. But I, wa- I watched a fair amount of live streams on Twitch on that, and it looks great. Like it looks like an online game that we would have a lot of fun playing because you don't have to work together with everybody, and it's not like you're dying every second, like yeah. a, a Call of Duty or something. Halo. You, yep. Yeah. So you, I think you would really have fun with that game. I've been wanting to, to pull the trigger on that, but it's like 40 bucks. I'm like, oh, no. Um, but I, the fact that there is a Friday the 13th game out there and that they they go through pretty much all of the different Jasons and even Roy Jasons in there, which I'm like, ah, Roy Jason, that's so badass. <laughs> so It is. I have, a, I have had a lot of fun watching people play that game. I really wish I could play it, but I don't have any of the new shit. Right. Anyway, speaking of purchases, I uh, made a killing today. 25 VHS and 3 Blu-rays for $12. And those uh, uh, Blu-rays that I got were all... That was out of Goodwill, so they were all $2 a piece. And they were Blu-ray plus DVD plus special features discs and slip covers. I mean, they were fully loaded. Uh, one of which will be on your roulette next week. But, uh, yeah, that, I was really happy to find those, and those are ones that are science fiction and DC animated films, so they're really expensive even in the exchange stores. Yeah. Also found some horror VHS, finally. Um, Bad Dreams. Do you remember that one? I, I have that. that yeah. That's a laser good disc, didn't you? Yeah, I've got Scream Factory released that on uh, Blu-ray, and that, that still holds up. That's uh, the cult movie where the girl comes... It's a yeah, slasher movie called... Uh, Young girl survives, and the killer comes back years later in a psychiatric whatever. Dead again? Was that is that a horror movie? Dead again? Yeah. Um, 
Is there a cover for it? Yes. It's gray with two faces kind of oh, floating Ken- there. Kenneth Branagh and Emma um, Emma Thompson. No, and Kenneth um, Branagh directed it. Yeah. Um, I have not honestly. I have not seen that since the VHS days. I, it's another one I watched when I worked at the VHS store. That's where I remember it from. I remember yeah. that cover from that store and I, where exactly where it was, and that's why I jumped on it. What are the other ones I got? I can't see them right now. I don't know where I put them. I know that you said you you got a copy of Beyond the Door Two. Yep. That's so, so, so badass. Oh, there it is. A Name for Evil. And City on Fire looks really interesting. That looks kind of like a, eh, not earthquake, but like an earthquake movie. You know what I mean? The whole city is like on fire and it's classic 70s people running around to do things. I don't know. Oh, Jack Hill wrote that. Who's that? Jack Uh, Jack Hill, uh, he's known for Spider-Baby. Coffee, the big birdcage, I mean, Switchblade Sisters, which I did not like. Um, oh, he, yeah, I mean, Foxy Brown, he directed that. Yeah, all right, well, you know. Yeah, hey. you got some good stuff. I, out of all of those, the uh, Beyond the Door 2, which is Mario Bava's, it's actually known as Shock. Uh, that's a really cool movie. I've seen that several times on DVD, and that's that was, I think, uh, that's his last movie. And I, I believe that uh, Lombardo Bava, his son, actually helped him complete that movie. But that's pretty good. That's, that's, uh, I remember that from back in the VHS days. Actually, Bob at the Video Connection, he never had that one. Uh, so, but I remember seeing that at, every now and then whenever I would, you know, just be staring at VHS tapes at different stores. That was one of them that had such a cool cover of this door, this, this Linda Blairish demon looking lady on the oh, cover. Oh, the VHS cover is creepy. Mm hmm. I jumped on it, and that was in the stack that I bought at the uh, local thrift store. So I got like fifteen movies for a buck eighty. Ooh, <laughs> awesome! It was a good day on the hunt today. Yeah. Meanwhile, I got my Severin order in uh, on their the, the big. Like I got two separate orders, and I'm, the big one showed up. Um, it, it, to put this in context, my Combat Shock Blu-ray from Severin cost forty dollars by itself, <laughs> and oh. and worth. Every penny. Worth every penny. It's, I believe it's already sold out. Uh, I mean, it, they only made 4,000 copies and boom, gone. Uh, and that's at that price. That, that price point. So I got a copy and it's so great and I'm going to review it later this episode. Awesome. Well, when it comes to reviewing some of the things, or recently watched, we're doing Oliver Stone Director Spotlight for the middle segment. And there's three of my recently watched in that part. So I will probably take some time a little bit more on some of those that I just watched when we are talking about them in that segment. But that'll count towards my recently watched. But before that, let's get into the roulette. Are you ready, sir? I'm ready. Let's dive in the ocean of cinema and try and find those gems in the rough. And last week it was Only the Brave up against Evolution. And I get to go first. Only the Brave, 134 minutes. Based on the true story of the Granite Mountain Hotshots, a group of elite firefighters who risk everything to protect a town from a historic wildfire. With a great cast, Josh Brolin, Miles Teller, who can be hit or miss but was great in this movie, Jeff Bridges, Jennifer Connelly, uh, James Badge... can't see his full name... James Badgedale, uh, Taylor Kitsch, Andy McDowell, who is in this movie yet does not speak one word of dialogue, which Why? is weird... That's weird. I don't know. She's just, uh, just window dressing in this movie. Okay. All right. 
maybe because it's a, already a long movie and they just didn't have to, I don't know, but whatever. Uh, this is a Joseph Kaczynski joint. I think this is the third, his third major production, and I thumbs up on this movie. Uh, now, I just got to, you just have the standard definition version, which you could tell it's a standard definition, but it was not a deal breaker for me on this watch. Next watch, I definitely want it in HD. I will be buying this on Blu-ray, and I think it will look amazing on Blu-ray. I'm sure that there was um, CGI fire in this, but I'd be hard-pressed to tell you where. I don't I don't know. Other than some dream sequence stuff, I honestly, it looked amazing, even for standard definition. Um, the story itself is... Uh, I, I, it's going to be a vague review, because there are things in this movie that I absolutely do not want to spoil. Do you know this story at all, the true story of this? No, not really. I didn't know anything about it either. And that's why I don't want to spoil anything. Because you should go in knowing as little as possible as I did. The story arc for the whole movie itself is quite good, but it's a little bit unusual because it's it kind of starts off as a day in the life of the firefighters, and then there's this other strain of story going with Miles Teller where he's kind of a junkie, and then he knocks a girl up, and then he straightens his life out and is joining this crew as kind of a rookie. Uh, and so you get to see how he comes up. And it doesn't go kind of the a usual A, B, C path. It's just, here are these guys, well, now they're doing this, and, well, today we're doing this, and tomorrow we're trying to get certified to be hotshots, and, you know, it doesn't have that normal kind of fake story arc that every Hollywood story is going to have that you can predict. And so I was just like, well, I mean, I don't really know where any of this is going, but I'm enjoying it, and it's very well acted. Um, I actually liked Miles Teller's character in this. And Josh Brolin is great as always. He's very kind of restrained in this role. He's like, especially after seeing him in Deadpool and Justice, or not Justice League, uh, fucking Avengers. Yeah. Where he's just being crazy and being able to go nuts. It's nice to see him just play a normal man. And so there's a couple of things that I'm going to vague say for people who've seen the movie, they'll understand what I'm talking about. You might not, but. There were a couple of things throughout the movie where it was like, okay, this is most likely a foreshadowing thing that they're doing. And then I was like, oh, I was right. It is a foreshadowing thing. But then uh, the foreshadowed thing that I was predicting did not go one bit the way that I thought it was going to go. And it was, uh, I was surprised in the third act of this movie. Um, very, very, very surprised because, wow, what a, what an ending. Let's, uh, I'll just say it that way. What an ending. I, I still, I give this movie a big thumbs up, but what an ending. Wow. Um, I definitely recommend this for you. And I think, yeah, well, I don't know. I, your wife might like it. I'm not sure, but, <sighs> whew. Uh, it had me thinking about it days later wow. and it had me appreciating, it had me really appreciating the way that the script was laid out and the way that the, it was written. It was very meticulous in the way that they did things and the timing at which they released information about certain characters. You don't find some things out that are major uh, points about your major characters until the third act. And you're like, okay, that really changes how this, everything that has come before it of what I think of this person. And I understand why you waited to now to release that information. 
because it gives it much more of an impact. Again, only the Brave, thumbs up. Kaczynski's three for three for me, but I'm ready for him to get back doing fake stories because he's really good at those, and we've got Maverick, so... Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, not a movie that you're going to rewatch often, but it's one that I will buy the Blu-ray and have it in my collection. Really and, good and I'm guessing that I will, too, um... I'm 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 hesitant to even watch the standard definition version that I I currently have. I just I don't uh, think that you should. I think you should wait for HD. Yeah, that's I, I'm hoping that it pops up on Amazon Prime or uh, if I can get a used copy on Blu-ray, even better. So I'm I'm thinking by the end of the year when we, they have all those crazy end of year sales, mm, by Black then you should be yeah. start. Yeah, you should be able to start seeing those copies of Only the Brave come down enough that ah yeah I will drop two or four or five bucks on that. Gotcha. So it's okay. not quite like evolution level $10 or more. Honestly, I was so stunned annihilation. by the, Annihilation. I said evolution. Yeah. Uh, annihilation. No, 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 no. It's not like that because this is just a, a It's a drama story, but it's also a true story. And honestly, I was so stunned by the end because I didn't, um, that was just not what I assumed was going to happen. And I just, I, it literally took me three days to digest the movie itself. Hmm. Because it okay. just, it just went a direction I didn't expect. And that, that threw me off. So, after you watch it, we'll discuss it again, and then I'll, I'll explain what I mean by that. Okay. But for those of you that have seen it, you probably know what I mean. Uh, okay. More enough time on that. Evolution, sir. Uh, evolution. From Lucille, uh,. What a last name. Some something. Uh, but anyway, a um, a lady directed this. Um, yeah, this is going to be really hard for me to review. <clears throat> really hard for me to review because this is more a hour and twenty a long hour and twenty minute work of art. I guess you could say. Uh, not so much. Not as much a movie. Uh, I got that impression from the trailer. Yeah. There was a very long, shaky cam shot that of a girl, and she walked onto the road and stopped a car, and then the camera panned around and became attached to the car as it took off. I was like, wow, that was really cool, but artsy. It's, woo, it's different. I mean, it's, uh, okay, so this young boy, uh, he's swimming uh, this remote island. Uh, I'm not going to spoil too much of the movie, but just so that you just so you have a context of how this movie is. Young boy swimming in the water comes up, says he's found a, a body in the water. And his mom um, is very uh, Tilda Swinton-y, very Tilda Swinton-y uh, in the movie uh, with her appearance. And, uh, and that has a big part to play in the movie, actually. And no, 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 you did not know, whatever. This is a French film, so it's subtitled. Um, anyway, it turns out the island has a bunch of young boys on it, uh, all with uh, Tilda Swinton-looking moms. Um, and then he goes to the hospital on this little island that has Tilda Swinton-looking nurses. And then weird Cthulhu-ish, maybe, kind of H.P. Uh, Lovecrafty light things going on with starfish and evolution, maybe, kind of, I don't know, sort of stuff happening. And t- 
tentacles, maybe? <laughs> uh, and then it ends abruptly. And I'm like, well, I didn't really like that, but I can't say I hate it. I mean, it's... Uh, huh? I don't... Okay. It makes no. It makes so little sense, but I'm like, oh, it was starfish. I think people are turning into starfish, but I'm not sure. It <laughs> oh, sounds. I'm intrigued. Huh. It's so bizarro and th- random, weird, Cthulhu-y. Maybe things happen. This is not like it's not really a gory movie, uh, and it's not really a horror movie either. It's just a really. Oh wait, I, I was confusing movies. No, the the. Duh. I was talking about that trailer for Romina. That was on the, the roulette. Yeah, when you said something about the camera with the car, I'm like, I wasn't that drunk when I watched that. I'm <laughs> Sorry, like, that's for a roulette this week. Oh. You, you just started this. I was like, Starfish? I thought this was about a girl who goes on a killing rampage. No, oh. no, no, no. This is about little, okay, boy, little well, boys and Tilda Swinton and Starfish. and <laughs> Humans become Starfish and then there's little slimy puppet baby things in water maybe that... Um, what? Ooh, but, well, uh, well, stay tuned for Romina when I talk about that. That's the shot that I was talking okay, about. Okay, well, yeah, so... <laughs> I I appreciate what this movie is. And honestly, like, I might actually watch this movie again just because uh, what the hell did I just watch leads me to want to maybe watch it again and give it another try. But, ooh, this is art house to the utmost level. Like, this is dialed to 11. Like, on the art house, like... I don't want to say smarter than the, like, we're smarter than you. It's a kind of a work of art, I guess. Yeah, I, I, got, I got the impression of what you're talking about. Yeah, so, and it was very thought-provoking. I just, I do, of course, I wish that there would have been a little bit more explanation and, you know, someone with a higher pay grade than me might be able to figure it out. But for me, I'm like, oh, starfish and people and Tilda Swinton is cool and tentacles. So, two and a half. <laughs> Almost three. Almost three, just... For the weirdy fucked upness of it, but I'm like, eh. yeah, that's okay. Uh, anyway, All right, it was on to the next round. First up for you is Colonia. Uh, with her boy, when her boyfriend is caught up in a Chilean coup, a young woman tries to free him from a prison camp, posing as a com- commune by joining it voluntarily. Starring Emma Watson, Daniel Bruel, and Michael Nyquist, who has recently passed away. Next up, how it ends. When a mysterious disaster turns the country into a war zone, a young lawyer heads west west with his father figure, or future, with his future father-in-law to find his pregnant fiancée, Theo James Forrest Whitaker. That one's a little longer, but the trailer was really good. And lastly, Romina! A shocking assault inspires horrific violence when a group of teens encounter a girl from their school while camping in a remote spot. And the trailer for this was very much the way that you were describing evolution. It is mostly just music and a camera panning around what looks like a uh, camp ground, and uh, people are just gutted and blood and tied up and choking, and and then a girl runs onto this road and the camera pans around the vehicle, and as the vehicle starts to move, the camera is seamlessly just auto-mounted to the side of the... It was a really cool shot. But it could be your pretentiousy thing. But it did look like they were really uh, dropping some blood in that that thing. I mean, it was kind of gross. There you go. Okay. And uh, coming your way is uh, Legacy of a White-Tailed Deer from 2018. Uh, 
It's a comedy with uh, Josh Brolin, Danny McBride, the great hunter Buck Ferguson, and his trusted cameraman Don set out for an epic weekend adventure to reconnect with Buck's young son. Uh, Jody Hill directed that, and uh, do you know who that is? Name rings a bell. Okay. Uh, Jody Hill directed Observe and Report, which is one of my favorite comedies of all time. Check. You just sold that one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I I adore that movie. Me too. Um, I own that, that's a comedy that I own on Blu-ray. One of the most you. uncomfortable comedies I have ever seen. I um, love it. Uh, next up is Locke, starring Tom Hardy. Ivan Locke, or unless it's pronounced Loki. No, it's Locke. It's got to be Locke. Uh, yeah. Ivan Locke, a dedicated family man and successful construction manager, receives a phone call on the eve of the biggest challenge of his career that sets in motion a series of events that threaten his carefully cultivated existence. And last but not least, Sarah's Notebook. I think this is the other one I threw your way, I think. Yeah, that's what's uh, written down. Okay, great. Uh, which is probably the one you're going to pick almost two hours long. <laughs> uh... Laura Alonso is a Spanish lawyer from Madrid who arrives uh, at the Democratic Republic of Congo. Of course, I'm on IMDb, and I'm reading the summary that's over like two paragraphs long. Okay, it's a drama, and it's two hours long, and you probably won't pick it. Uh, but it gets good reviews. It gets good reviews. So there you go. Something about you know, the Congo and Sarah's notebook, I guess. Sarah's sisterhood and traveling pants Something, notebook. Yeah. I will take Legacy of a White-Tailed Deer Hunter. Okay. And well, but that lock, I'm very interested to see. I've heard yeah, good things about that. I'm so. guessing that's going to uh, be thrown back onto the roulette because that looks pretty good. Um, and for me, uh, I actually, this, because I'm so busy, I'm like, what is the shortest runtime of the ones that you throw in, you're throwing my way? And I'm like, oh, Romina, it is. <laughs> hour and 15. It's probably the most roulette of the bunch, but it it's an hour and 15 minutes. Yep. There you go. All right. Well, report back on that shot that I keep describing. Okay. <laughs> uh, there you have it. Next week, it'll be Legacy of Whitetail Deer Hunter up against Romina. And let's move on to our Oliver Stone director spotlight. This we are Gabby today. Yep. So hmm. Coffee and whiskey will do that to you. Yep. Shut up, doggo. Shut up. I got both the dogs in the office with me, too, yeah. so. Shut up, you dumb bitch. Is it a bit farty in there? It oh, <laughs> it's cleared off now. But this this and he's just looking at me with one eye open as he's all splayed out on the chair. He's just like, yeah, you smell it, smell it, bitch. <laughs> <sighs> and the other one's barking at the windows. Okay, uh, Oliver Stone, director spotlight, sir. I have seven for top ten. How many do you have? Uh, I have seven as well, with one almost a question mark because. I remember so little of it, but I'm like, I did see it, so I have to, I'm, that's it. I've literally only watched seven of his movies, and they're the seven that are on this list. Oh, wow. Yeah, there's a couple that I've seen that I did not like at all and did not make the list. And there's a few that I have not seen at all that I would actually like to see. I just haven't got around to it. Uh, I guess I'm up first. Okay, uh, we'll start with Any Given Sunday. Now, I've rebought some of these movies, or rebought, rewatched. Some of these movies recently because I bought them on VHS because that's about what they're worth to me. Any given Sunday is, you know, uh, as a, um, it's, it should have talked about this when we had Steven on the show because Eugene's going to fall asleep in about two seconds with the football movie. But being a football fan on my side, it was nice that, you know, we're, 
football's around the corner, all the other sports are wrapping up that I don't really care about, and I was like, man, I'm in the mood for some football, but there's nothing on, and, well, let's rewatch any given Sunday. And I put it at number seven because I'm conflicted. I like the movie, I like the storyline, I think it's quite good. He does some really good techniques to show how fast football is when you're standing at that line, how scary it can be. Shaky cam and blurry cam and whatever. And that stuff works fine. The problem with the movie is that he continues to use some of these effects when people are having fucking meetings and just conversations. And it's like, why are you doing this? At one point, Oliver Stone, or Oliver Stone, uh, Al Pacino is talking to Cameron Diaz about something and they're just having a conversation. Mild argument. And suddenly there's a, the video changes to a football player, a quarterback, throwing the football in slow motion, while the voiceover continues to be them having their argument. That is not about a quarterback throwing a football. It makes no sense whatsoever. So it's like, if he could just been a little more straightforward with some of the editing techniques on this film, this would probably be like in my top four. But because of that, I gotta knock it way down to number seven, because it is really obnoxious. And I've been, I, I should come clean about Oliver Stone. I've said many times on this show that he's a hack, and I'm not a fan. And I'm getting older, and I need to just stop that, because he has made some masterpiece films, and some of them just don't hit for me. And so I need to just reel in that stupid hyperbole opinion and just be like, you know what, he's just not my favorite director in the world, but he has made some great films. Um, okay, that's it for my number seven. And not all of my... Re- my rounds are going to be that long. I just happened to rewatch that movie. So yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, my, my number seven is going to be wall street and that's strictly because I don't remember really anything about it. I, again, I've only watched seven of his movies and wall street. I watched on VHS, but I remember being fairly bored, but this is way, way, way back when I was a young lad and not interested in the stock market, blah, 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 blah. blah. And maybe it's good now. I don't know, but eh. It was long and confusing, and my brain couldn't process, and no. So, yeah. Okay. Uh, Maybe it's good. Have you ever watched Wall Street, or maybe it's going to be coming up for you? Oh, we'll talk about Wall Street a little later. Okay. So, but I did watch it, therefore I'm going to, because there's so few, I have to at least mention it, I guess. That's fine. Number six for me is Platoon. I'm sure this will probably piss some people off, but I was never a big fan of that movie, because I always thought it was kind of confusing, and depressing, and... Well, of course it's depressing. It's a fucking war film, you idiot. I understand that, but you can make war films that aren't... That don't make you want to just bury your head in the sand and cry, you know? Like, my God. And I just rewatched this one this week, because I bought it on VHS. Best Picture of 1986? I mean, oh, man, I, I still don't think so. I appreciate it a little bit more, because I didn't realize that Oliver Stone uh, signed up to go to Vietnam. He was not even drafted. He signed up as according to his wiki, Wikipedia. And he went to Vietnam. So that completely changes my perspective about Platoon. It makes it a more personal thing for him. Um, something that probably helped him reintegrate into the world. You know? Being able to tell this story. So I went into it with a little bit of different eyes this time. And I still am not a huge fan. I still find it very confusing. There are a lot of scenes of the guys talking to each other. Okay, you Platoon number two and you're company this and company that, and you're going to go over here and flank this, and you go flank that, and we're going to both head up this direction as they point off camera. 
into random jungle. That makes no sense. So then everybody charges off into the jungle, and it's absolute chaos every time. And you don't know which way anybody's going. You don't know. It's just confusion. I understand that is probably a very accurate representation of the Vietnam War. It's frustrating. It's confusing. It's scary. I get I get the point of it, but it's still just, I'm like, ah, it just doesn't do a whole lot for me. I just am not in love with Platoon the way a lot of people are. Although I can now appreciate a little bit better why people respond to this movie, especially veterans. Especially veterans of Vietnam. Um, but for me, just not up there. I almost was likening it to Hamburger Hill. You know, yeah. probably a great example of what it is really like. But fuck is this depressing shit that I don't, is not, and you know, like, I will, hey, make some popcorn, let's sit down and watch Platoon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, so, there you go, Platoon. Okay, uh, number six for me is Savages, and again, after this one here, now I, now I'll talk about movies that I actually remember, but I watched this once back when it came out, and did, meh, did not like it. I mean, I, maybe I shouldn't even include these movies. I, cause I did. didn't even include it, because, yeah, like, but no. I, just so that I had a little bit more talking points, I'm like, oh, I might as well include this, because I watched it, but, oh, it was not good, and it didn't flow together good. Uh, it felt the acting wasn't that... Everything about it just was meh. Uh, so, yeah, there you go. That's the last one that I was... From here on out, now I actually will have a better opinion on. Yeah. I want to get those out of the way. No problem. Number five for me is Nixon. And I've only watched this once and it's been a few years since I've watched it. So I don't remember everything about it, but I just remember it kind of reminded me of JFK, except it was a little more, uh, based on facts because that we are, we don't know all the facts about JFK. So there's some speculation about that movie. Whereas with Nixon, um, it's, you know, there, there's more hard evidence there to back up a lot of those things. I thought, it, I, I think I remember thinking it was a tad long, but I still thought it was quite an intriguing political thriller. Number five for you. Uh, five for me is Any Given Sunday, which is one of my very first DVDs that I ever bought way back in the day. Um, I echo your thoughts on this. Now, I'm not a football fan at all, so I was probably even less... Uh, and I do remember this one a lot more vividly and it has its moments and it, uh, I'm, I like a good sports movie if it's done well and the football scenes in this were good, but everything else was, what the hell, huh? <laughs> no, and it drug on for far too long. Now that plays into my not as huge a fan of sports is if it's something that I'm not interested in and it goes on and on and on and on, then meh. Um, I only watched it once, but I will say this. I do remember this movie way better than, uh, way more than I remember Savages, which came out years and years and years later. And I watched that, what, maybe was, four years yeah, ago. Yeah, a couple, a few years ago. I think we, and, we talked about it on the show, yeah, and the show's only four years old. And I don't remember Savages hardly at all, yet I remember any given Sunday a lot more. Um, it, oh. it was, it was good enough for, I think, one watch, but, um, it, mm, yeah. I mean, I, one watch for Sports Hater, that's pretty good. Praise. Yeah, I mean, I, I seriously, I do remember it, but that could have been a great movie, I think. <clears throat> but I, I do remember the end of Savages, though. Not really, no. Oh, that, that was the end. Where I told you, and this is a callback to a couple years ago on the show, but I said, oh, you need to, you have to see this to see how this movie ends. 
Because it's pretty good for the most part until the very, very ending. And the ending is so bad, it ruins the entire movie. Like, it I makes... do remember that, but I'm not, I remember I was furious, but I don't remember. Oh, there was, there was like a shootout or something, uh, some big drug deal. And then when everybody was dead or dying or whatever, then they just rewound the film and said, no, that's not re- what really happened. And then the cops just swarmed and arrested everybody or something like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was dumb as hell. Uh, anyway, okay, any given Sunday. Number four for me is Snowden. This came out uh, just a couple of years ago with... Uh, what's his name? Um, eh, who starred in that movie? <laughs> I wanted to say Neil Patrick Harris, not that. No, it's a three-name um, guy. Joseph Gordon-Levitt? There you go, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. And he did a great job portraying the weirdo that is kind of Snowden, like he just carries himself in a weird fashion. But I thought this did a great job telling the facts of that story, and I wish more people would understand that that guy is more of a patriot than most of us, and not a traitor. Like, so many people think he's a traitor, and it's like, no, he's not. Well, he revealed things about the government. Yeah, the way that the government is lying to you, the people, and doing illegal things. (sighs) <sighs> anyway, I feel bad for that guy. Uh, anyway, good movie. I enjoyed it, and if you haven't seen it, I think it's worth a watch. I liked it. I definitely liked it better than that Julian Assange movie, whatever that was, that I watched not too long ago. Uh, yeah, I know. I remember which one you're talking about. I'm not sure what the title is, but I know. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Number four for you. Number four for me is U-Turn. That's the one starring Sean Penn and Jennifer Lopez, Nick Nolte, I quite liked that. I another one that I've only watched one time, but uh, I really liked it when I saw it. Uh, it's got some really violent scenes in it, and it's uh, a little bit more straightforward, not not as twisty turny as some of Oliver Stone's movies can be. Uh, but it was really good. I remember it bombed in the theater, and I that's where I, I saw it once in the theater, and I'm like, man, that was a good movie. Billy Bob Thornton's in it too. Um, I have not seen it. That's one of the ones I haven't seen. No, and Powers, I Powers Booth is in it? Oh, it's got a good cast. Damn. I want to. Looked good. I just never got around to it. So, yeah. But it, it's weird how so many of Oliver Stone's movies I've only watched once. Uh, well, not so many. Uh, only seven. <laughs> but uh, but then there's two of them that I've watched numerous, numerous times, which I'll be getting into those here soon. Oh, my next three I've watched numerous times. And honestly, depending on what day you hit me up on, I could swap in between them for being the top spot. But I just watched this one this week for the first time in, oh, it's got to be a decade. JFK. I've got the dual VHS. And I watched the whole thing. And it is still a darn good movie. But watching it this time around and knowing that some more facts about the case have come out since this movie was made, and actually because of this movie, Congress released more information about JFK and the assassination. Uh, so it it is important in that alone. You know what I mean? It's important for this film to exist because of it has made a, a political social change. That is awesome. Uh, but again, watching it this time, it really strikes me how quickly we... Uh, the third act just pounces on you. It's like they've got all these problems and they're chasing down all this conspiracy stuff and trying to find all the facts. And then all of a sudden we're in the courtroom and they're laying out their story and their version of the events, events as they went according uh, from what they think happened. And that's where it becomes a smidge problematic because 
a lot of the stuff that they're putting out there is based on speculation or hearsay or you know, stuff like that where that you can't really be quantified. So it seems very plausible, everything that they're saying, but if you know the facts and have looked into the JFK assassination and the facts that have been released since the movie, you see some of the spots where it's like, yeah, but that doesn't really hold up in a court of law, you know? And it gets, again, problematic when there's so many people involved. And trust me, I want to know what really happened. Oh my god, do I want to know. This movie just stokes that fire in you, like, oh man, I can't, I, if I had a time machine, one of the things I would go do is go be there and see that. And I could just stand next to Bill Paxton's dad. Bill Paxton was there, did you know that? <laughs> was he really? He was, a, he was a child, and he was on his dad's shoulders. And he, he was there. Wow. I thought huh. that was crazy. But anyway. Uh, JFK, still a damn good movie, even if it's not probably entirely factual. Number three. Number three for me is W. This is about George W. Bush. Uh, at the time, I strongly disliked George W. Bush, and watching the movie, I'm like, uh-huh, yep, kind of a doofus. And now I'm like, oh, this is a probably a glowing portrait of a upstanding, upstanding fine president that we had, uh, and his... Awesome, uh, vice president. I'm, God bless them both. <laughs> um, but yeah. Anyway. I, never, I never watched W. I just never got around to that one. It, it's a really good movie. I mean, it, it, it doesn't paint him in, in that much of a, an idiot light, honestly. Like it just, it, he, it, to me, it seems like that's probably the way this George W. Bush is in real life, which is a like, a very likable guy, unlike the motherfucker that, um, <laughs> Josh Brolin plays a fantastic uh, uh, W, which he actually, uh, at the time, I'm like, well, he doesn't really look like good old W, but his mannerisms are so down pat perfect. It's great. It's more lighthearted. I, I haven't seen this one time. I've watched it one time, and I thought that was great. I remember just really liking it and thinking there's a lot of funny parts in it because George Bush himself is kind of funny and how goofy he is. Um, so anyway, but his cabinet are, I, I liked his cabinet, uh, who they got to play all over, like Carl Rowe is, uh, Carl Rowe was, uh, played by Toby Jones, which I really like Toby Jones. Mm, uh, that is Colin, good casting. Colin Powell is Jeffrey Wright. There's just a, a lot of, uh, a lot of good casting choices. Uh, Richard Dreyfus as Dick Cheney is great. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> yes. Wow. But, uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'll, I'll check that out if I come across it. Yeah. I miss Dick Cheney. Um, <laughs> no, no. Let's not get carried away. <laughs> yeah, that's that's pushing it. Um, okay, back to you. Uh, number two for me is, and this could easily be swapped for number one, but The, the Doors. Now, I've, I haven't watched this one in a while, but I've watched it more than a few times. I know this movie quite well. And I've talked about this before, well, just with Any Given Sunday, and this also would apply to... Uh, Natural Born Killers. I've watched that movie twice, and I've really intensely not liked it either time. But it has a certain editing style that is, like, frenzied being on acid. And confused and crazy and manic and just lunacy. And in some, most cases, I don't really care for that. In, in meeting scenes of any given Sunday, that doesn't really work. When they're on the field and they do it, I understand why he's doing it. That makes sense. In... Natural Born Killers, it's just irritating to me. 
In The Doors, you're talking about a band that's eating acid, like they're Tylenol. So it makes sense that everything is blurry and crazy and shaky-cammed and, and psychotic at times, because they're out of their mind on drugs. And that really worked for me in this movie. And it still holds up. I know, I, it's only been a couple of years since I've watched it, but it's still a damn, damn good movie. And it's where the Oliver Stone directing technique, like, fits the storyline of the movie. That's where it works well. So, uh, kudos to him. I mean, that's... I, I want him to direct more things like that, where his... let I don't care if he does those things, as long as it applies to the type of story that you're telling. So he needs to stick to the type of stories that, you know, really mesh well with that. And in that case, that's The Doors. That That is a damn near perfect film. If I'd have to go look. I wouldn't be surprised if I gave that thing a 10. Wow. Damn that's, good movie. Uh, that, along with JFK, never seen him. What? No, oh, I've never damn. seen The Doors, never seen JFK. I bet you would like both. I, I'm, I'm guessing seriously. I would too. Wow. The Doors uh, is an awesome movie, and Val Kilmer, as Jim Morrison, is almost creepy. It's so good. It's like they resurrected his dead corpse to, hey, we're making a movie. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, number two for you. Number two for me is Natural Born Killers, and uh, now that I'm really thinking about it, like, you know, I liked W better than Natural Born Killers. However, Natural Born Killers is number two because of my love of this movie back when it came out. I watched this movie three times in the theater. Uh, but in 94, in 1994, I was, uh, 19 years old and I'm like, yes, violence and crazy weird shit and like assaulting my senses. This is great. Uh, even in the already version, the theatrical version, I thought this, this is, I've never seen anything like this on the big screen. Um, however, as the years have gone by, this now feels like a direct-to-Netflix experiment that doesn't quite work. Uh, it's okay, but it's so dated, and even the violence at this point, I'm like, meh, it's it's kind of, it feels like it's a wannabe, like, yeah, we're going to do this trying because- too hard. Yeah, we're, we're going to do this because it's going to offend you. No, it's overacting, kind of. I mean, I... We're, we're extreme. Look we're, how extreme we are. Yeah, it's like, oh... Uh, what's his... I'm completely drawing a blank here. Robert Downey Jr. I love Robert Downey Jr., but in this, I hated his accent. I didn't like his character. I didn't like anybody in this movie. I guess maybe Rodney Dangerfield as the... As the... Isn't he a pedophile in that movie? Yeah, yeah, and he's oh, yeah, like, yeah. he's likable. Yeah, <laughs> beer gut and wife beater shirt on, and oh, he looks like a scumbag, but he's funny. Oh, <laughs> uh, but just the just their dialogue, like I, I, you know, I know that Tarantino wrote the script, so and it has Tarantino plastered all over it, but just it does, but it also has the the feel of Tarantino that's completely mishandled. Like, yeah. in the hands of Tarantino, you know this would have been amazing. Yeah, it just... But the... We're going to do animation, and then we're going to do uh, shot on video, and then 35mm, and then... Blah, 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 and it, none of it gels. It just... Woody Harrelson as the bald badass in the end was kind of cool, but again, it's like we're not supposed to like anybody, I guess, and it's it's a how the media is awful, or how... I don't know. Whatever. It doesn't... <laughs> But I'm, I, I put it at number two because I used to love this movie. Like, this was one of my favorite movies. And now, after this last watch, I'm like, I probably won't watch that again for many, many, many years. In fact, I, <laughs> you were like, you know, you should watch 
Natural Born Killers again. And I'm like, oh, I don't want to have to go buy it on Blu-ray. And <laughs> I'm like, oh, but I probably will. And then I, on the way up to, I was, it was 1030 or whatever. And I'm like, oh, I'm half drunk. I'm time to go to bed. I'm like, might as well just pop into my media room. Just, what if I own that movie on Blu-ray? Sure enough, there it was. Natural Born Killers on my shelf. When I bought it, I don't know, but I have it. Uh, then I'm like, wow. Fuck, now I gotta watch it. So, the very next day, Natural Born Killers. Uh, eh. I mean, all that being said, if I see it on VHS, I'll probably buy it. Just because I remember almost nothing about it other than coked out RDJ and an animation segment and, uh, uh what's his name? The the prison warden? Who is that? Was, uh... Oh, yeah. Oh. He was like a lunatic in that movie. Two-Face. <laughs> oh. Two-Face from Batman Forever. Robert, or not Robert, uh, what's his name? Shit. Um, this is, this is us old. We used to be able to pull names like lightning. And now we just, uh, it's nothing. Uh, I, I don't know. I, and he was, he was just in, uh, JFK that I just watched. Uh, Bertram, his name was Bertram in that. Uh, he was in the Coen Brothers movie that I can't remember the name for. Okay, I'm going to look up Batman Forever, because everything comes back to comic books. And the, Tommy Lee on, Jones, there we go. Tommy I got Lee it. Jones. I got yeah. it before I went to the page. Yeah. Tom Sizemore was in it, too. That's yeah, but they were all crazy and angry and jerks. Like, everybody yes. was just loathsome. Yeah. Okay. I did like, uh, in the very beginning, though, um, like, actually, one of my favorite parts is the beginning where, when... Uh, Mickey and Mallory Knox. They're in this little dive and, uh, these hillbilly cowboy guys come in and start to flirt with her and she's like, are you flirting with me? And then the, uh, jukebox, uh, kicks on, uh, L7's shit list. And I love that song. Like, you, the shit list. And they're killing everybody and like, yeah, all right. <laughs> and then it turns to, and then it just goes downhill fast. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, you remember the, actually, we did, we did this in our movie. Uh, I was watching it, and I'm like, oh, the spinning knife through the air slowly as it slowly goes towards the one cowboy. And I like, remember doing that in our movie. I don't remember it in NBK. Oh, it's in this, and I was watching it, I'm like, that's kind of stupid. I'm like, ah, well, we did that in our movie. Ah, hold on a sec, I gotta let the dog out. Dumb bitch pausing, pawing at the door. Uh, I did not take that from Natural Born Killers, I promise you. Because I did that effect in the movie. Do you know what I'm oh, saying? Yeah. yeah. I did not take that from Natural Born Killers, as far as I know. I, I, I'll i tell you this, though. I will always think of that movie, because the very first time out of high school, I went to visit a friend up uh, Kent Way, by Kent State. And the very first time that I ever smoked weed... I watched Natural Born Killers. Ooh. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Did not affect the experience at all because I didn't feel like I was high. <laughs> oh. But I always will remember that movie because the first time I watched it, that was the first time I ever got uh, smoked weed. Uh, okay. Now, from drug movies to my number one Oliver Stone film that I have watched many, 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 many times. Wall Street. <laughs> oh. This is a fantastic film, and the reason that I gave it the number one slot over JFK and the Doors is because it's, like you said, it's him reeled in and straightforward, no crazy, really, editing stuff, Um, and it's a powerful story, it's a great script, 
It is well acted on all fronts. Uh, I like the little uh, dynamic that we have a father and son that are actually played by a father and son and Charlie Sheen and his dad. Um, Michael Douglas is a lunatic in this movie and it's great. I was so disappointed by the sequel to this movie. Maybe I have to go back and revisit it because I, I was so disappointed. I, I felt like he brought, he went Oliver Stone on his, like he was not reeled in on that one. It was fast editing and motorcycles and a book deal. And it was like, what? But maybe I should give that one another chance. I haven't seen it, I think, since the theater. And you absolutely need to give this one a rewatch, because this movie is not confusing. It is quite straightforward, and especially with what I know that you know now about monies and stock markets and blah, 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 blah. I think that you would love this movie. This is a, it's, man, it's a great movie. I love it. I just think it is the most complete package of, of those last three that I was talking about. And if you haven't seen Wall Street in a while, it uh, it still resonates. Good deal, mm. especially with the you know, the housing bubble that burst a couple years ago. Those, yeah, those motherfuckers, man. I, and that's if you, I mean, look at my list. Clearly, I like when Stone is being political more than when he's trying to do fictional stories. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I I like I'm not huge leftist guy or something, but I like that he is doing stories that take on the man and take on the government challenge question and you know, all that shit. I think that's important. And I think you need to do that. And as a filmmaker, I'm like really impressed with him that he dedicates his art to that. And that's, it makes me like bump the scores up on these movies, even if they're not, my enjoyment score is a little lesser on them. Yeah. (laughs) But wall street, the doors, JFK, those are great movies that you can legit watch anytime. But not Alexander. You didn't have that on your list. I did not have Alexander on my list. That was a 47-hour movie that... Uh, <laughs> actually, now that he's released three different cuts of it now, the, the, the ultimate cut and the super director's cut, and they keep getting... They get longer, then they get shorter. And I'm like, should I, should I go back and watch that again? And I'm like, eh, <laughs> eh, Maybe one day. Uh, number one for you. I'm very curious. Uh, number one for me is uh, Platoon. Oh, wow. Yeah, I, uh, th- I've i rewatched this one more than any of his other movies, including Natural Born Killers. Um, and uh, I quite like the depressingness of it, much like Hamburger Hill. Uh, <laughs> yeah, nothing like, uh, what's his name? Uh, wow, I mean, we're really bad with names. Um, oh, I mean, I'm exhausted, and you're moving. I mean, yeah. what are you going to do? Yeah, Charlie Sheen shooting at the kid's feet, and then like, oh, this is, and then they, don't they bash his head in with, or, yeah, the Dylan oh. kid bashes his brains. I've never seen brains explode like that. Have you? Yeah. Oh, it's a hardcore movie. It's not quite to the level of Hamburger Hill and some of the others, but I really like the movie. Uh, I think Tom Berenger is such a great villain in the movie. Like, he is despicable. And then Willem Dafoe is almost the Christ-like character of the movie. He so uh, literally th- is the Christ figure. Of the, at, yeah, one point, at one point, they say, you're not Jesus Christ. And it's like, well, yeah, kind of he is in this movie. Yeah. Uh, but I liked the Forrest Whitaker. He was in this. I really liked him. You remember the, uh, I'm, I'm hurting real bad inside. I'm yeah. Like, oh, that's so Forrest Whitaker. That just. Like, oh, I, you could have given Tom Berenger. Did he, I mean, he might have won an Oscar he for He made it, that but, movie won a shit ton of Oscars. Yeah. His special, uh, his makeup should definitely have won an Oscar. I don't know how they did that. He has these deep scars all over yeah. his face. And I don't know how you do that. Like yeah. the way that they did it. That's so weird. I just, I like the fact that, like, the, the, 
the battle scenes were so chaotic, which is totally opposite of something like Saving Private Ryan, which you kind of you can kind of tell what's going on here. It's just like you see bullets and guns and shit zinging through the air at night, and you're like, well, I don't, I, what is going on? But I'm assuming. But I, I mean, I that's feel what it's that's like. A- I know, I, I agree with that, but I feel like it's almost a detriment. Like, it's part of the problem I have with it is I think you could have fixed some of that stuff with direction of the camera. Like, there's a motion in the camera movements to where you can tell the audience where the action is going, where everybody is moving. For example, we're ne- we need to go over there so everybody in the frame moves left to right. So we realize they're going over there. But in in this situation, in the first part, they're going left to right. In the next part, they're going right to left. And so you automatically, your brain feels confused of, wait, which way are we going? And which way is flanking? And it's just trees and craziness. And if, I mean, if that was his goal, then mission accomplished. You, you yeah. made everybody feel, I, I mean, believe me, I understand that. I've watched enough Vietnam stuff to understand that was a confusing, chaotic, insane mess over there. And I understand that if that's what you're trying to portray, I got it. And okay, mission accomplished. Good job. But I just feel like, like, um, <clears throat> oh God, I got nothing. I got, I got fucking nothing. <laughs> the, um, uh, Apocalypse Now, which is my favorite. If you can have a favorite war movie or a favorite Vietnam movie. Yeah. I feel like that movie is a downer and it's depressing too, but I don't want to kill myself when it's over. You know what I mean? Like, and I know where the battle is taking place. Like, they're heading upriver. Everything is headed in a certain yep. direction. They need to get around the bridge. I understand that wh- the way that he films it, okay, there's the bridge. I'm still moving in relation to the bridge. I still need to get up that direction. Whereas in this, it's just woods and chaos running in every direction. And like, yeah. there were, I, this time around, I really noticed a lot of conversation of, Okay, you go take those two guys and go that way, and I'll take these two guys and go that way, pointing off screen, pointing off screen, pointing off screen, and then everybody's just in the woods, and it's just, what the fuck is going, like, huh? Eh, Kevin, I don't Dillon, know. Kevin it, Dillon's being a complete asshole. Uh, oh, he's psychopath. Kinda, he's a yeah. psycho. Let's just kill them all. Let's kill them all. Kill them all. Yep. Like, yeah. uh, and then anyway. here's here's what really put the nail in the coffin for Platoon. At the, uh, he's Charlie Sheen is doing this voiceover throughout the movie, and then at the end, he's like, I don't know. I don't really feel like we came here and we were fighting the enemy. I feel like we were fighting ourselves from within. And I'm thinking to myself, huh, boy, there's a shitload of dead Vietnamese farmers back there that would really fucking disagree with you. Like, you came over here to fight the enemy within? I mean, get, go fuck yourself, really. Because you just killed a lot of people that were just growing rice. Yeah. Uh, shit. <laughs> so, it, especially that last voiceover. Man, you lost me at that, that last voiceover. Yeah. Well, he was writing to his grandma, right? Oh, yeah. Dear grandma. grandma. And, yeah. She, and he was always like, God damn it. Uh, and I'm just like, why? Who talks to their grandma that way? Yeah. I just imagine just a, just a angry old grandmother just chain smoking, reading her letters. Just, <laughs> well, you fucking idiot. You shouldn't have gone over in the first place. You fucking moron. I told you not to fucking sign up for it. But yeah. again, I, I'm when it comes to here's where I reel back on Platoon on my personal enjoyment of it is because it is directed by a man who signed up to go to Vietnam at a time when there was a draft and he went over there and he got wounded multiple times and got purple heart and, and survived and came back and decided to make a movie. Whatever his vision is of that movie, 
I applaud you for making it. Go do it because you have survived to earn the right to fucking do that. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yep. it really makes it hard for me to shit on Platoon like at all because it was made by a veteran who was fucking there. Yeah. So all due respect. I do love that our lists, <laughs> I have <laughs> Platoon near the bottom and you have it at the top and I have Wall Street at the top and you have it at the bottom. I think that's fantastic because more often than not, we agree on everything as far as this shit goes. So I think that's great. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, literally, we, we haven't even gotten the recently watched it. We're just, I, I seriously, I figured that Oliver Stone stuff, that's going to take maybe five, ten minutes because we, I've seen so little and we're just going to, I guess these, moving on. <laughs> oh no, I was going to tell you before we started that there's a good chance recently watched going to be real short tonight or we're going to do a two hour show, whichever, I don't give a crap. <laughs> um, because I got thoughts and, uh, yeah, same with only the brave. I was going off in the roulette longer than usual, but, uh, it deserves it. Yeah. Anyway, final thoughts on Oliver Stone, sir. Uh, you know, I do want to watch some of his other his other movies, and I do want to watch uh, Wall like some some of the movies that I have not seen yet. Um, I wouldn't mind watching at some point World Trade Center. Uh, there, there's a horror movie that he made in the early '80s called The Hand. Wouldn't mind watching that one. Um, Wall Street again. These are long, long, long movies. So, and they're probably not movies that my wife would really enjoy. So that gets really narrow for me to be able to watch those like in the evening and, you know, sit down and enjoy and enjoy these movies. Uh, having said that, I will certainly try. I, I mean, those are checklist movies, Wall Street and JFK. I hardly consider that I've even seen Wall Street, although I have, but I don't remember anything about it. So, but I do like the director. He's not one of my favorites, but he does have some gems. You? Yep, I agree. Uh, about the same, but I do, I do really enjoy his political stuff. Nixon, Snowden, JFK, and I mean, Wall Street is kind of political because it's financial. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, Wall Street, The Doors, JFK, Snowden, you, all four of those movies, you should absolutely check out. I think that you would enjoy every every single one of those, and on different enough levels that you could almost watch them on a different night of every week and still be and not be burned out, you know? Yeah, because they're such different topics. Actually, now that I think about it, my wife actually did watch JFK. We talked about that a while ago, and I think she was like, "You've never seen JFK?" I'm like. No, it was my my parents didn't take me to it, uh, and I just it was long, and I'm like, meh. It is long, but it flies by. It is yeah. so fast because it's nothing but quick editing. And oh, another thing I wanted to say about JFK, I almost forgot. Uh, part of the problem is that with that movie is that there is so much informa- information to disseminate that it's not. And this is not Oliver Stone's fault. He's trying to give you all the information, but there is so much to pay attention to and so many facts that are thrown in there that it almost becomes a little bit confusing where you're like, wait, who now at the what? Uh, the Spanish guy, wait, was this the gay guy or the guy having gay parties or the, was this the, the Cuba sympathizer? Who now? You know, but they just boom, 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 nail you with the information as fast as you possibly can. And it's still a long ass movie, but that's why it's never boring because it's got like, Transformer action editing. It's this, hmm. and this, and this, and this, 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 you know, you're all over the place. But that's not necessarily his fault. It's just because he's trying to get as much information to the viewer as he can <laughs> in uh, at whatever time he can. Okay, let's, let's wrap up Oliver Stone. I am going to try and watch some of those ones that I missed out on, like W and, uh, yeah, the 9-11 movie. I didn't watch that one either. 
It seemed like they came out with a glut of those 9-11 movies, like, a little quickly, and it was like, I, I don't want to go relive that. United, yeah, I agree. United 93, I still haven't watched that movie, although I know, I think you watched it. You I did watch it really that one. Good, but I'm like, at the time, I'm like, I'm not ready to... Yeah. Obviously, it's not entertainment, quote-unquote, but I'm like, I, I'm not wanting to relive that yet. Um, right. Now I would, but I'm, I don't know. It's United 93 is a great movie, but it's like Schindler's List. I, I, I don't know. It's, nah, it's not that bad, but it's like... I don't. Oh, hey! Crack out the popcorn. Let's watch United ninety three. Yeah. Same, same kind of idea. Okay. Uh, recently watched, and we still have a little bit of time. Not bad. Not bad. Oh shit! I gotta go first. It's hard going from talking about such serious films to the nonsense that we watch in general. So, what should I start with first? How about The Legend of Tarzan? The new one with Skarsgård? Yes. And and likewise with you, it's always a little tricky to find a film to watch with the wife. Not because she's, you know, can't watch R-rated or something, but because she's just picky. And, uh, oh, how long is it? And how much time do we have and kids? And yada, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. Same here. Oh, do you want to watch Tarzan? Yeah, this is when the kids were overnight at Grandma's the other night. You don't watch Tarzan? She's like, oh, Tarzan, I don't know. Well, it's got uh, uh, Alexander Skarsgård in it. She's uh, who? And I'm like, True Blood. And she's like, yes, yes. <laughs> <sighs> so, Legend of Tarzan. This was a really weird film, man. Like, the whole time I'm watching this movie and I'm having drinks, I'm like, all right, this is all right. And Margot, eh, she can have Skarsgård. I got Margot Robbie, so. Yep. Mm, all right. This movie's really weird. Like, just the tone of this movie is all over the place. You got Samuel L. being Samuel L. And, uh, uh, what's his nuts? The, uh, the bad guy from that Tarantino Nazi movie. Oh, yeah, yeah. And that guy that I can't remember his name. <laughs> either. We cannot remember names tonight. We got oh. nothing. Movie freaks who can't Dude. remember names. Uh, <laughs> but he's like, Christoph Waltz. Hey, one for Eugene. One point, Eugene. So he's <laughs> developed this plot, this this conspiracy where he's coordinating with some natives to get Tarzan to come back so that they can kill him because of blah, 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 blah. It's just like, then he gets rights to the Diamond Lands or something. I honestly, C- right CGI now... CGI jungle creatures or jungle animals. That's, I remember lots oh, of CGI. yeah, definitely lots of that. Lots of CGI swinging people on vines and... You know, when you're going to make a Tarzan movie, it should be kind of light and kind of fun because the premise is ridiculous. And I'm sure Edgar Rice Burroughs would agree with that. But instead, they went to make a grayscale, <laughs> very serious and brooding Tarzan movie. And it's like, come on, dude. You got you got them swinging around like they're in the animated Disney movie from vine to vine to vine. Do they really do that? Because you'd have to be really lucky. Like, the vines would have to be hooked up somehow. You'd have to plan it out. Or you'd have to be chasing crystal skulls or some shit for that to work out. You can't just grab dead hanging vines and swing around. That is against the laws of physics. Why am I breaking down physics in a Tarzan movie? (laughs) Shia LaBeouf. (laughs) That's why. Yeah. Because he did it, so therefore there has to be a reason. There has to be some logical reason why other people, Skarsgård can do it. Right. If, if, yeah, monkeys and... eh. It's, it's, it's okay. Yeah, it it was was okay okay for a It had some moments, and 
I mean, damn, Skarsgård is a beautiful man. Holy oh, shit. Oh, he's chiseled out of, yeah, wow. diamonds. I, I really did appreciate, though, that uh, the movie started with him already returned to the world. I thought that was I thought quite that was cool. interesting. Yep. Yeah. But the end with all of the CGI animals and it, I'm like, oh, this is feeling more and more CGI-ish. Weren't the animals trying to destroy things? I don't... It, it was... It he caused a stampede. Brain. He caused a stampede at one point. Yeah. And that was his big weapon. And, you know, they all have guns, but he's jump. I don't even remember the end at this point. Legend of Tarzan! Woo! Okay, on the other end of the spectrum, I I own a quality DVD copy of Escape from New York, but why in the hell would I watch that when I have a director's cut special edition VHS of Escape from New York? Out of pure curiosity, I had to see what that meant, or would be. Turns out it means... Presented on this copy, uh, interview with the director followed by the trailer for the movie, followed by the feature presentation, and just all kinds of shit like that. Behind the scenes and blah, blah, blah. Uh, so it was a cool interview with John Carpenter, and he, he described a 10-minute film reel that started off the movie that he cut. Did you know that? No, uh-uh. Yeah, there was a... You can find it on YouTube. It just popped up this week. This is what... Uh, well, at least for me it did. Which is what made me want to rewatch the movie. But there originally was a whole reel, 10 minutes of film, that kicked off the movie that he cut. And it was Snake robbing a futuristic bank, and there were robots and stuff, and then him and his buddy escaping in a subway uh, across country to San Francisco, and then his buddy getting killed, and him getting captured, and that's why he got sent to oh. the prison. You Go on YouTube, you can find it. It's uh, right. Uh, type in, like, original intro for Escape to, uh, from New York. Uh, anyway, then the movie itself, I, I gotta say, dude, I mean, I, 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 like you, I'm sure I've watched this movie many, many times Uh in many formats and watching it again, uh, again on VHS, which I probably watched it the most in it was the, the VHS thing was a detriment. Sure. But this movie is like the warmest of warmest blankets for, for movie freak fan. Like, even though I'm watching it, I'm like, ah, oh, this kind of looks like shit. I fucking love this movie. I love it. I just want to cozy up inside this world and just, just, just watch many movies that exist there. Unfortunately, there are not many movies that exist nope. there. I wish he would have just kept making movies in this world because it's so damn good. This movie is, it's reaching like Conan the Barbarian status. Like, it's, it's fucking great. Oh, it's so damn good. Every beat works. Every comedy beat works. It's violent as shit. Ernest Borgnine is in it. What oh, more yeah. do you need from a movie than that? And not just Ernest Borgnine, but... Um... Adrian Barbeau. Oh, yeah. but I'm uh... trying to throw out names because you are forgetting names. <laughs> we forget names. Oh, That's the, guy from the, the guy from Halloween, isn't he the president? Yes. Sam Loomis. Uh, but his real name is... I don't know. We forget names. God, what in the, I mean, the bald guy. <laughs> anyway. Uh, and and, and what's his name? That What's his name from Alien? Brain. Brain. Good God. Oh, Adrian, uh, Adrian Barbo's uh, uh, boyfriend. He just passed away, didn't he? Um, yeah. I literally, I, no, nope. Nothing. I got oh, nothing. we're, we're going to get the names. Lee Van Cleef is in this movie. 
Oh, he is. He's a military dude. Yeah. Donald Pleasance. Donald Pleasance. Harry Dean Stanton. Tom Atkins is in this movie. Which, I mean, immediately star bump whenever Tom Atkins is in a movie. He's And who's the A1 Duke of New York? Isaac Hayes, bitch! Isaac, yep. <laughs> I mean, this movie kicks so much ass. I, I like honestly, anybody that wants to come at me with a negative opinion of this movie, just just no, just go yeah. away. And I'm really looking forward to buying this on Blu-ray and rewatching it in widescreen when it actually looks sort of good with its '80s special effects. Uh, anyway, there's the two hang, from me. The hang glider. He yeah. Hang, yeah. <laughs> great, great movie. Wow. Uh, over to you. Okay, uh, I talked just briefly in the beginning of the show about Combat Shock, so I do want to talk about that one. I have watched this movie on VHS, um, on DVD, and now finally on Blu-ray. Uh, I've watched this movie so many times, I've lost count. This is a total, complete gem in the rough here. Uh, made in 1984... Uh, by this guy named uh, Buddy G. I'm not going to try and pronounce his last name. He's it sounds Italian. Uh, and his brother Rick uh, Giovanna Z- that uh-huh. <laughs> Giovanna Zino something Italian cool. Um, so this is a this was purchased by Troma, but it is not a Troma movie. Uh, so I wanted to make that distinction because okay, I thought it was yeah. a Troma movie. Yeah, no, it it was. Actually, they shopped this movie around uh, numerous uh, companies, and finally, Troma. Actually, it, on the Blu-ray, there's a special feature where they interview the brothers and the director, Buddy. He was like, uh, he's like, we could not sell this thing, and, and I, I guess it got some notoriety on on the underground scene. Like, uh, he showed it at some small film fest, and they were like, dude, you've got to, you know, get this movie into more circulation. And so he was hard, having the hardest time, and he tried Troma. And they, they said, well, we showed it to Lloyd and he's not interested. So then I guess like a year later, they still hadn't found distribution for it. And he, I think, bumped into Lloyd somewhere. And he's like, you know, is there any chance to, of you possibly, you know, re, you know, reconsidering our, our uh, movie combat trucker, which actually was called American Nightmare at the time. And Lloyd was like, I, what? I've never seen or heard of your movie. So that, that sounds like trauma. Um, well, now was that, Trauma, or was that Lo- Lloyd just being Lloyd? It could very much have been Lloyd being Lloyd. How, so, but they did screen it then, and he bought it, and they actually recut it. They cut it back and added some stock war footage. Um, I mean, that's the version that I had on DVD and watched for quite a while, actually. Which I, I'm I'm pretty fine with that version. But American Nightmares, uh, which is a good ten minutes longer. Uh, is the one that I have now and the one that I had watched on uh, DVD as well. Uh, it's this movie does not lend itself that well to high definition, although it's, you know, it's probably never going to look better than this. They actually used, uh, is it called ends? Basically they would go and shop for ends of, of, uh, film, like from bigger, stu- from big studios. So they would get the ends of film and that's how they like, before a reel would run out, so they would just got, get the clippings, and that's how they shot their movie. Uh, but this is such a grim and d- just depressing, but one that sticks with you in the best in the best way possible. It's <laughs> really, really fucking depressing. Like 
it's a total lightning in a bottle type of movie where the way it was filmed, the non-actors, the music, I think the brother actually, the, the main star of the movie, Buddy, or no, I'm sorry, Rick, he did the, he did the music. Um, the lower rent but very effective special effects in it, everything about it, like, it just feels like you could never, you could never emulate this movie again. And it, all of it just works so well. It, it basically, actually, this is a Vietnam movie. It's about this guy that comes back from Vietnam and he's got nothing and it's like the worst two days of this guy's life as everything goes from bad to worse to worse to worse. That ending is one of the most hardcore endings of a movie I have probably ever seen. I, it's like it's a falling so down kind of situation. Kind of, kind of. It's just crazy. And the fact that it's such like degraded film, like the quality of it is so shitty makes the movie all the more oppressive and work all the better. Like this movie would not have worked near as much, near as well if it would have been even bigger budget. I mean, I think the budget on this thing was what, 30 or 40,000 bucks. Um, and even the Vietnam, like there are some shots of Vietnam, quote unquote Vietnam, but I'm like, what they did is so impressive because this was, this was filmed in New York City. And I'm like, I actually like, I was like, this actually kind of sort of looks like they went to the jungle to film some of this stuff. I, it was impressive what they pulled off with this movie. And, the effects are really, really well done for as low rent as they are. And they are low rent. Gem in the rough. I'm not sure where you would come out on this one because it's low, low, low budget. <laughs> but man, it is, oh, it's dirty and grimy and depressing. And I'm, that, for some reason, this movie that's, makes me happy. That's it. The Eugene Weaver story. <laughs> yep. Ooh, oh, that ending. <laughs> wow. Okay. Oh, and there's a, well, yeah, I'm not going to spoil anything else. Uh, the, the cover is not, uh, not even remotely what the movie is about because the, the trauma cover makes it look like this Rambo type movie. Well, I, I just, as I recall, it's just a guy who's looking crazy. Well, the original poster art is like machine guns and explosions and military and it's, and then there's this Indian looking dude shooting and the helicopters. I'm like, no, no. All of what you're seeing there in the cover is essentially stock footage, basically, which is what you'd see in the movie. But the actual, like, the other poster art is basically this guy holding a gun. And I'm like, yeah, there we yeah, go. That's okay. a little bit yep, more I do like remember it. that. Yeah. But huge, huge thumbs up. Especially, like, the director and his brother. They seem like really, really cool dudes. Uh, they were in, like, they were in this rock band and that rock band making videos. And that's how they kind of got, like, ah, Fuck it, let's make a movie. <laughs> so it was really, really interesting, and I I love this movie. Cool. There Next, um, on the other end of the spectrum, uh, Dark Harvest, which is one of these Intervision DVDs that I got from Severin. This is a shot on VHS about a well, it's supposed to be about a scarecrow that kills people in the. Arizona desert somewhere, whatever. All it turns out to be is I just awful actors uh, talking to each other and hillbillies with shotguns, maybe. And uh, awful. It was awful. But at one point, at one point, this guy walks up to this military. <laughs> Here it comes. Here it comes. <laughs> this guy walks up to this. Is it a guy or I forget? Like, I, I don't even remember the characters. They're just some had long hair. Those were the girls and some had short hair. I guess those were the guys. It, awful. But they run up to this helicopter that perched 
in this in the wilderness. And I'm like, oh, a military helicopter flown by a scarecrow, I guess, because a scarecrow pops out of it. I'm like, well, that's kind of cool, I guess. But oh, I guess take off more clothes and then it might. No, zero, zero. Um, so you're selling it then? Well, there is some nudity. <laughs> <laughs> and, one. I, and, and at one, one. point, <laughs> so the, they're like, there's a camping ahead of the camp. I don't know. They're, they're supposed to go out into the wilderness and ride horses. <laughs> and horses are not in the movie, by the way, but the main guy, he's like, we're going to go out to the wilderness. <laughs> we to can ride afford horses. a helicopter, but not horses. Yeah. So they're going to go out to the wilderness. And so this main guy, he starts to have interest in one of the, one of the girls in, in whatever. And I mean, this movie probably takes place over the course of maybe 24 hours. Uh, and by the midway point, it's like, he's like, I think that I might split up with my, my I'm, I'm getting a divorce. And she's like, really? Oh, and so off goes the top. And then, and then I'm like, he's like, and then I'm like, good God. <laughs> and then he's like, he's like, I think I'm falling in love with you. I'm like, oh, that's so awesome bad. <laughs> it's like, yeah, because of course you would in less than 24 hours. Like, what are you, 14 years old going on 50? Uh, or the other way around, 50 going on... Uh, uh, it was who awful. Knows? Who knows? It was awful. So, but I'm going to keep it because I can't... Because it's zero. That's zero calories added to your diet. Oh, good God. But that helicopter, I'm like, this is so random. I'm like, this could be the turning point where this gets good. And then... The scarecrow pops out and booga 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 and like chop his head off at least. It, at least chop his someone's head off and it didn't happen. Didn't happen. Gorgeous. I think I remember. I think I remember the cover of this movie. Dark like, Harvest. Wasn't this on? Wasn't this? I think this might have been on Netflix. Oof, ooh, I mean, this is like mid '80s shot on VHS. Like it is dog shit ugly. <laughs> Uh, and my dog just looked up right now and was like, I might have something to say about that. <laughs> I would say let, I'd let you borrow it because you really should see it, but I know that you're not going to invest the 90 minutes that I did. Uh, 90 maybe, minutes. It's, maybe, maybe in October. If it counts yeah, as, it, a, as it, a horror it, movie. It counts. It counts as a horror movie, but I, how did they talk these women into taking off their tops? They're like, this movie had negative $100 budget. Had, I mean... They had to pay. To, uh, it's so bad. Because they're probably at this point are porn. And if you look back, a lot of very, very, very low budget movies that were uh, horror movies turned out to be like huge smash hits and made women into stars. I mean, yeah. you would assume they'd get a script first and realize it's dog shit when the scarecrow pops out of the helicopter. But what the fuck do I know? Yeah. Anyway. Ah. <laughs> <sighs> No other podcast in the history of podcasts has probably talked this long about Dark Harvest. Uh, nor should they, maybe? Nor <laughs> should they. Scarecrows and country music and I well, I'm love get, you. And... I'm going to get angry emails from darkharvestpod.com this week. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, let's do Coming Soon and we're going to wrap up. Right. Sorry, it's a short uh, recently watched, but that's what we got. Coming Soon for me. In preparation for next week's Mission Impossible segment, Mission Impossible 3, 4, and 5, I'm planning on watching as soon as possible. I'm sure I'll split them up with some VHS, but I am really looking forward to those movies. What about you? Um, my viewing may be a bit limited because we're moving, but rest assured, I will still be watching movies. I 
plan on watching a mystery thriller movie called Sweet Sixteen that I should uh, be getting any day now from my bought a used copy of it from 88 Films. Are you uh, sure it's a thriller? It's not the John Hughes one? No, Molly, this is... No, 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 no. This is... Uh, <laughs> the Code Red released it here in the States, but I found it cheaper used for my 88 Films in the UK. Uh, so, yay, I'm sure that's something. Oh, uh, what else? Um, what if those mo- companies started releasing direct-to-video unknown romantic comedy movies? Ooh. They're collectible. That, that. <laughs> oh, wow. All it takes for me is uh, limited to 1,000 copies, and it's like, well, maybe. But only if you jack the price up to 30 bucks. Yeah. yeah. And then we're talking. Yeah. Then then it's something that I have to have, you see. Oh, what else? Uh, more VHS, or more, yeah, literally more VHS that was dumped onto DVD from Intervision. There's one called uh, Sledgehammer. I'm going to watch that one. Uh, another. I didn't review Gestapo's Last Orgy. I'll get to that next week. Uh, you teased uh, it. Okay, so Gestapo's maybe, Last Orgy next week, and uh, it, it deported women of the SS. I'm gonna hopefully watch that one, which is of course making me really want to watch the Ilsa movies. But I really wish that the Ilsa movies would all be on Blu-ray because I love me some Ilsa. That's it. <laughs> <sighs> I don't even. Where do I go from there? Why does it have to be an HD? If I came if I came across it on VHS, I might buy them, but I'd still probably feel really bad and have to hide them because I have kids. But yeah. Blu-ray. Oh. oh, the Ilsas are. Oh man, the, I mean, she. They're shit. The... They're shit. I've watched them. They're shit. I've rented them from your rental store <laughs> under your watchful eye. <laughs> harem keepers of or harem keeper of the oil sheets or whatever. Yeah. I think the oh. one. I think I've only watched one of them. It was the the Nazi one. That's the best one. No, and there's the Siberia one. This are the Siberian. Oh man, I love how that's the best one. Has he called this president a motherfucker? <laughs> <laughs> you guys could sit around together and watch it at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Do a commentary track. <sighs> oh wow. Uh, okay. Anything else for this episode, sir? Uh, that should do it. All right, I will hopefully see you next week. Good luck with the moving and stuff in case we don't, you know, you're too, bu- too busy. It's it's okay. We'll yeah. uh, we'll figure something out. Yep, we'll do what we can, folks. All right, see you later. All right, see you. Bye. Thanks for listening.